A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few, the Rangers podcast. My name is Colin McDuff and tonight we continue with our series of Dream 11s. This week we try and decide our best team from Walter Smith's second spell. Joining me as always, Scott Hodge. Hi Colin. Returning uh, for a trip down memory lane, Graham Curry. Hi boys. And making his pod debut, Mr Graham Campbell. How are you doing Graham? Hi, good thanks. Cheers for having me, boys. Alright, so, a bit of a clash of the Grahams here, so for, <laughs> just to make it easier, we'll go Curry and Campbell, you know, that's, don't worry, I'm not getting into trouble, it's just to make it easier, lads. So, before we get into the team, boys, uh, Walter Smith, like, you can't talk enough about Walter Smith. Curry, I'll come to you since you're the old-timer. You, well, I don't know how much you'll remember in the 90s, to be fair, but... Um, what? How do you compare Walter Smith's second spell to his first spell? Defensive is the first word that comes to mind. Um, definitely didn't have the resources that he had in the first spell, so I think he had to make do with what he had. Second spell is all about being hard to beat, very hard to beat, epitomised by the UEFA Cup run. Um, that we all know of, but that was his structure. You just wish, looking back to the, his first spell, see if he had those that tactical nous or that that approach. I think we might have done a hell of a lot better in Europe um, in the first spell. But I, the first spell, we had an embarrassment of riches. He had so many internationalists and stars of Europe that he had to manage, whereas when it came to the second spell, it didn't really have that. By that point, the English Premier League were, that's where the money was. It wasn't, it, we didn't have the resources to compete. So he really, had to, he really did have to become a, um, a a tactical manager and change it about a bit. And I think that's that spawned from um, being an Everton manager, where he wasn't always at the top of the league, you had to become a bit structured. Do you think there was anything 
do with him being at Scotland before as well, because it was quite similar the approaches they had as well, isn't it? Like in terms of you know we're going to be playing better players against better players. Sorry, we need to adjust. Ah, uh, spot on. You know we were languishing 150th in the world when Walter Smith took over Scotland, and it it just had to go back to the way it was with Craig Brown. And Craig Brown was that same sort of manager where he had to be structured and hard to beat first, and then we'll try and nick a goal. And that was what Craig Brown done, and he got success that way. But I think you're right, Scott. It was uh, it was that structure that had at Everton and the structure they had at Scotland that he brought, and that experience that he brought to the setting spell. So the the big question I always had with Walter Smith is could they have been for longer? Campbell, come to you. I don't think it's fair to ask you. It would have made a difference if he stayed on the Rangers beyond beyond 2012. I don't think anybody can a job himself in a fall. Do you think he could have done more in football or do you think it was the right time to retire? Uh, no, I think I think it was definitely the right time. Like as as uh, as, as Curry said there, um I mean the team he took over, um the Liguen disaster. Today gets the Euro final and then a subsequent three in a row. Um, from a Rangers point of view, it was probably the, the perfect time to, to step away, leave McCoy's terrains with a three in a row squad, a very strong squad, a very decent squad. Um, and obviously McCoy's takes over that. We have a really strong first first half of the season, 11-12. And no, I think I think he left at the right time from a Rangers point of view. I think from a I love Walter Smith point of view. Um, yeah, I'd love to see them do more in football, but um, and I think uh, in Rangers TV in the last in the last week when he was a, the pundit, I think you could tell he misses football a lot, and maybe he thinks he wishes he, he did more. Obviously, it's saying tangles doing my but seeing him on Rangers TV that was <laughs> that was one thing, but seeing him on the seeing him on the training field with Stephen Gerrard off that's. I'm getting all hot and bothered just thinking about it. But without ado, we'll go into go into the, the Dream Eleven then. We'll start and stay with the goalkeeper before we get to the unanimous decision for number one. An all, an honourable mention has to go to Neil Alexander for me. I think uh, for for Neil Alexander, I think luck just wasn't on his side. When he came in for the, the number one at the time, I had a I had the feeling of when Wateris replaced Cost for me, where the fan base was panicking to begin with, but after one or two games, very comfortable. I think Neil Alexander Neil Alexander, he was solid, calm, dependable. But his only problem was he wasn't Alan McGregor. Alan McGregor was just that level above. He I don't think it's unfair to say that he was at that time an elite goalkeeper and there is an argument to say he actually got better than when he first broke on the scene. So Alan McGregor, he was under undisputed number one at his time uh, under Walter Smith for the most part. From season from season 07 right through to 11 he racked up 210 appearances under Walter Smith. Under the Smith era alone, he got, I don't say, one Scottish Cup, three league titles, three league titles and about 470 birds. I think, um, Scott, 
how I mean, it's very, it's very easy to downplay how important Alan McGregor was under Walter Smith. I think I struggle to think he's a better goalkeeping run of form than Alan McGregor in 07 away, even though he was injured for the end of the season. Ah, he was brilliant. You look back at that UEFA, UEFA Cup run and some of the some of the saves he was producing was just unbelievable. You look back at that Weather Bremen game and you could you could you could play that game so many times would have conceded a goal if you know what I mean. It was just it was it was unbelievable. Uh, big penalty save against uh, Samara, like even during that time as well, isn't it? So just so many big saves, and I think that's when he was. I mean, even just now he's playing at a very very high standard as we've seen in the Europa League spell last year. So he's maintaining it, but I think that was when we got Al McGregor at his very best and probably the best football he played in his career as well. Yeah. Graham, you mentioned, sorry, Graham Curry, you mentioned earlier about Walter Smith, he was, was more defensive in his second time round, but it must have been an absolute dream to work with Alan McGregor uh, when you're trying to build a solid, solid defence team. Ah, that's what you want at the back, isn't it? You build, build from the back, get your, your, your spine correct, so you get your goalkeeper, centre-half, centre-mid, but yeah, Building for the back, and you've got a goalkeeper like that. It's, yeah, you've got a good starting point, haven't you? I think as well, he's such a good trainer. Um, he always struck me kind of like the way Gorham, the reputation Gorham had was a bit mental off the park and up to nonsense and up to no good. But I, I always got the impression that McGregor was a really good trainer. Like took his took his work seriously. You, you hear that a lot, you know that these guys have gone to their work. They're no there just playing football the way we played football and just having a laugh. These guys are going to their work to be the best that they possibly can be. And I always go to the profession. That was the that was the sort of attitude Alan McGregor's always had. Campbell, you spot here. Where is McGregor better than Stefan Cross? No. No. Was um Look, as, as, as good as McGregor is, and uh, I echo what Scott said, that I was I was lucky enough to be in in that in the Bremen Stadium, and I, I must have had the most perfect view from the other side of the ground of that save, and it, it probably is the best save I've ever seen live. Um, unbelievable. But, I mean, in terms of goalies, for me, he ranks behind Klaus and Gorham. But, I mean, that's not to say he's not, he's not class. Yes, and he and as you said, he was he was elite at that time, um, and even now, even now, I think he'd still comfortably be. I mean, I think he'd still hold down comfortably championship, maybe a, a lower English English Premier League um, goalkeeper spot. He is he is class, and he, he's deserving of this this starting eleven. So I'm glad we've all agreed so far. That's one out of one. So we're going to take it over to. Graham Curry, who's really talking through the defence. So, Graham, start us off with your. I just take us through your back four, actually. There you go. Okay, we'll start with left back. It's the most important position on a football pitch. Everything should be starting <laughs> to the left back position. What position did you play, Graham, again? I was left back, yeah. Well, left wing, but I was put to left back. It wasn't very good. <laughs> So uh, my left-back probably will be undisputed. Uh, it'll be Sasa Papac. Rangers legend, not said lightly. 
but a very, very good player for Rangers. Um, worked well with the, the midfield, always got yourself forward, which I like to see for a left back. But first and foremost, he was a he was a defender. He made sure that was his first job and he always done it right. Um, Papach to me was a, a great left back. On a par with Newman. Um, yeah, spot on. That's a bold statement, yeah. on a par with Newman. Sorry, I missed that. That's a bold statement, on a par with Newman. Aye, with Newman. Nah, definitely. Papach was the service that he gave the club as well. You know, he was... Um, Nothing deviated. He would have been there forever, I think. Performances that he put in, iconic pictures that we got for him as well when he done the was it Fiorentina when he was up against up at the up at the fans. Um, I nobody can touch him for me in the second spell for for Walter Smith. I think um, as well. I don't think he was a great footballer to be honest with you. There was nothing special about him, which. Which you look at, and you know, maybe maybe you look at currently at like Barisic or something. You think, well, he's got a bit quality about him. But with Papach, I don't think he was particularly. You know, you wouldn't say he had brilliant crossing ability. You wouldn't say he had brilliant, you know, pace or anything. He just got on with his job, and he always gave you a solid performance. You know what I mean, he was consistent and he was dependable, which you know. It's, it's probably one of the most difficult things that you can do nowadays, you know. You look at all these players that might just come up once in every two or three games, but he gives you it every single week, which I love most about him. What I will never understand about Sasa Papach is why everybody loved him but McGregor fucking despised him. He got pillars for McGregor week in, week out. The ball boy could be late getting the ball or like miss kick it and Pat Patch would get it stinking. But I don't know if you just need to put that down in McGregor being a mad bastard. I think um, if we're going to put Pat Patch down for everything and anything, we've got to remember that this is Walter Smith's best 11 from our point of view. But Walter Smith himself, the only player from his second spell at Ibrooks that got into his own best 11 was Sasa Pat Patch. Says, says everything. Um, Cost is 450k. He was there for six years. Um, the Bosnian assassin, Mr. Dependable. A cult hero, he is. There's not many cult heroes. Um, there's legends, there's, there's all sorts, but everyone, everyone loves Sasa Papach. Okay, so that's another unanimous pick. Graham, you, Graham Curry, you can keep going. Okay, I'm going to move on to my right back choice now. And there's a few for contention. I hope I can get away with putting this guy here. First of all, I'll rule out two that I put in. Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll speak through two that I've uh, ruled out who had a lot of appearances. And one was Stephen Whitaker at right back. I ruled him out because I just was never a fan. I just never ever took to him. Didn't like the way he played. So he gets ruled out. I'm just thrown that right away. Then Alan Hutton was the other one that I've ruled it. Alan Hutton, to me, um, deserves a lot of praise, actually, because I remember him being a bit of a boo-boy to begin with, with the fans. He was When he was first breaking through, 
kind of the way Tav has been recently seasons. It used to be um, that was a shout for the stands off for fuck's sake. And now we've got, um, I, I think um, Hutton went through the same sort of thing. I'm guilty of that. I hated Hutton when he was breaking through under McLeish. And like, I never want to see a player get injured barking. When he got the nasty, no, don't do that wrong. When he got the nasty leg break, I thought, I hope he recovers quickly and we just move him on. And I, I think I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I was wrong with that. Ah, you do find that. That's why. That's why I bring it up because I think it's a, it's a, it's an amazing trait to be able to overcome that. No many people can overcome that. The people can just absolutely crumble. But he had the metal to actually come back through that and become the player that he was. Um, and the, he had a great career after that, going to Spurs and Villa. And um, I think he's loved doing, doing it at Villa especially. But anyway, he didn't make my team because I want to put in another right back and I hope I can get a wee bit of license here. And it's uh, Carlos Quella. <laughs> Carlos Quella for me, I'm going to put in it right back. I hope I can do that. Um, well, you can give us your reasons why and we'll talk amongst ourselves. Right, okay. Well, Carlos Quella was played 65 games in one season. Played an unbelievable amount of games for his oozed class to me. This was a guy, he was no frills, he wasn't um he wasn't like he wasn't like Hutton where he would be bombing forward. It just to me was kinda in the same mould as Papach where you knew you were gonna get a good performance out of him. You could just rely on him. Um and Campbell would say that reliability. It's just being able to know that put him in there and he'll do a job for you. So, the obvious question is, uh, why are they back and not centre-half? You may as well just cover who you've got to centre-half and then we'll open up to the floor. Okay, in that case, centre-half, I've got David Weir. I think that was one of the first things. So, we were talking about getting a spine in place. One of the first things Walter Smith did was get a central, central defence in place and he called on David Weir. Um, who he had at Everton. So that was one of the first guys to get in. I need this guy to shore up my defence and be my um, be my captain. And then the other one is Boogie. I thought Boogie was a great centre-half. So he, to me, is, is going in there. Um, he was so good that there was a band in the 70s that wrote a song about him. Um <laughs> yeah, what a player. I love Boogie. He was the type of player that um he, he came out of defence with the ball and I never feared. I usually get a wee bit of a panic attack when I see a defender coming out out for the back. I never ever had it with Boogie. I just always thought even if he was to lose the ball, he's not gonna be out of position. He's gonna be He's going to turn and he'll get back and he'll win the ball back or get back into position. And I've, I, I, on the whole, I don't usually like defenders coming out of defence with a ball, but never ever had it with him. And then Boogie was one of the guys that could run, dribble, but he could also ping 40, 50 yard balls to the right wing or the left wing. Um, try. So, to summarise, here's my back four. Papach at left back, Carlos Queller at right back, and Davy Weir and Boogie 
Magic Bagheera at centre half. So you know what? There is um, there is maybe a point to say that if Watson Smith had the option of playing two centre halves either side of fullback, he would have done it. He would have done it all day, every day. I mean, Cup Broadfoot was signed as a centre half and put it right back as well. I don't know if I'm buying Queller at right back as a and a Walter Smith um, eleven just because of how well he played at centre half. Scott, come to you. Uh, that Weir and Queller centre half partnership that was that was just a joy to watch that season, wasn't it? Ah, it was brilliant. It was it was it was fantastic. I think I think you may have more of a case of putting Bouguer at right back because he would you know run forward, which the modern day back does. But you know, but you sum up you sum it up. You know, obviously you put Hutton in contention. We got highest ever fee for Alan Hutton. Um, Quella, I think, was our second highest, or you know, it's in the top five anyway. So, just shows you the caliber defenders that we had and what a steal Quella was. I think it was about two million, two or three million we got Quella for, and it was, it was, it was sensational. Um, didn't I don't, I, I, to be honest, I expected a bit more from him when he, when he moved on. Maybe it's quite similar to like Van Dyke, how he is now. You know, he took a step to Aston Villa and then went to a, a big top four club but it didn't really seem to, to work out from in that case but just um I, I personally went for Quella. it was it was a really tough decision um for the centre half I think we are always had to be there um but I put Quella just because he is so so dependable I know you said you 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 didn't panic when he went on the ball so uh, I, I personally did when you know, I was, was bombing forward it's just no what, you, what I see from your centre half, but um, I don't know. Um, I, I personally, I went for Whitaker right back. Um, again, it was a tough decision. It was though when you look over Walter Smith's full spell, you only really get a year of football out of him. Um, and I also think from going in that UEFA Cup run, we were so defensively set up. We it'd have been too forward thinking, and I think we would, may have had more gaps at the back. So I just thought I thought Whitaker was pretty dependable for us. I'm not saying he was by any means our best right back in the past 20, 30 years. I think there's loads of good options. So I can definitely see a point, uh, Graham Curry. Uh, so I've went for Whitaker just because probably the longevity and I thought he was pretty dependable, quite two-footed as well. So that's where I'm Whitaker was a great utility man. You need to remember that even regardless of how he left, he played left back, right back, middle of the park, either wing, even one gave it centre back. So you can't deny how useful he was, but I don't know, I'm no feeling that at right back personally. So Graham Campbell, I've agreed with you. Curry's went for Quelly right back, Scott's went for Whitaker. Tell them why they're done. Yeah, so Alan Hutton, um, obviously under Smith, he was only there. A year until he left in in uh, January away, um, but that year, that year obviously running up to that uh, leaving at Spurs, you, you're obviously going to be in good form. Um, or a top top six Premier League club don't come after you for for nine million pounds as well, which even back in away it's a lot of money. Um, we talk about again under the Smith era, um, the same spell, arguably 
he was involved in probably the best Champions League goal I've seen at Ibrox where the Maisie run turns inside, passes to Charlie Adam who cuts to his right and boom. Um, I mean, Hutton, Hutton was exceptional. Um, there's plenty of things we can talk about for the others. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't shoehorn well to right, more likely Baguera, that, that equaliser away to Stuttgart in, in 09. Um, you would maybe not see Queller doing that. Um, Whitaker again, you could you could argue that goal away to Lisbon as well. Me, if I cut run, that was he had that kind of jink to him. Whitaker, but no, Hutton Hutton's got to be that all day long. I know he wasn't there as long, but he was he's exceptional. And I don't think he wanted to leave. Really, I think it was more money from us. Um, if he'd stayed on, wow, yeah, he was he was he was class. But. My thing with Hutton and like how they explain this as a contradiction. I don't know if we get to the UEFA Cup final with Alan Hutton the right back because we only remember him as uh, the Maisie runs the marauding fullback. He was he wasn't quite as fully disciplined at that point as he later went on to be. So I don't know if we can maybe hold out the defensive defensive performances away to Bremen and stuff like that. The way we did way out and hunting the right back. But on the flip side of the coin, I think he was exactly what we were missing in the UEFA Cup final. I think he would have made such a difference. We needed a a different a different attacking outlet. It just wasn't working that night. And you know, actually I haven't had a field day with Rodfoot. I don't don't know if he quite has an easy night with hunting the right back. But I, I totally agree with you, Graham. I think Alan Hutton does go into right back in that team, but I'll I'll give you I would have loved to have seen how Quella or Baguera actually would have done at right back. But Graham Curry, you've got three out of four, that's not bad. So back four will look like Hutton at right back, Papach left back, and David Weir, Carlos Quella in the centre of defence. Scott, we're going to come to you next. Talk us through your midfield four. Uh, oh, so I don't think you mentioned it at the start. 4 4 2, we're going to be playing. Oh, yeah. 4 4 2. But, yeah, so on the, the right of midfield, I've went uh, Stephen Davis. So it's a bit weird when you look back at how he plays now that he was ever, ever played there, but he did actually play quite a lot there under Walter Smith. Uh, joined, in, joined in the 31st of January 2008. Um, initially on loan as well, so he was obviously part of the team that got the, the final Manchester. As I say, a lot different to what he is now, a lot getting into the box, a lot more forward thinking, you'd never think of him really doing defensive work, but um, yeah, I thought it, it, in that six month period he made 26 appearances, so that was obviously a big contributor of the the success in that run as well and he obviously made his deal permanent for just £3 million which is just a fantastic business. I mean the calibre of the players the most capped outfield player in Great Britain um, you know you don't do that if you're a you're a poor player and um, he actually won the SPFL Players Player of the Year in the 2010 season as well so um, I had to have him in my team I think we must centre midfielder. I think with, with Walter Smith as well, we, you could have played four centre halves along the back line and four centre midfielders in the you know in the midfield as well. Um 
we'd all give everything for you. So it was just the sort of DNA of the squad. So that's why I've moved him out to the United And it's probably fair because he did play so much in the right midfield. But when you say that, what he liked to drift in in middle, and at times we were almost playing before centre midfielders, which is all interchanging. I remember when Davis first signed it, he was a winner signing, wasn't he? And That's I joined in the 31st of January, so it was You could tell that Graham, I don't know if you, Graham Campbell, sorry, I don't know if you remember, but I remember seeing Davis debut. It was a, a midweek game, and he just looked, he had that, his touch was sharper. He was, he had a quicker speed of thought. He just looked like a Premier League player. Oh, I, like absolutely. I think uh, even now, um, for me, okay, I'm 32, but um, he's definitely one of the most technically gifted players um, I've personally seen at Ibrox. Like, he's class, like, and I know he gets a bit of stick now, um, a wee bit, but I think he's going to prove the doubt was wrong this season. I think he's still strolling through some games. Um, for me, that season after the UEFA the Cup final run, um, for me, not buying him. The board delaying the decision to buy him cost us that Champions League tie against Kaunas as well. Um, a huge difference in our team not having Stephen Davis in it. Um, oh, he's class. What a player. Absolutely. Scott, take us through your the your midfield two in the centre of midfield because, spoilers, we've all agreed in Stephen Davis, but we've all agreed in this midfield pairing as well. So talk us through them. Well, first one is obviously... Captain Barry Ferguson, I mean, you couldn't really leave him out, could you? Uh, it's, it's um, what can you say that's not already been said? Um, obviously, before Watersmith came in, he was he was stripped of the, the captaincy, and you know, I think if it had been a lot of our players, they might have they might have no came back from that. But obviously, just uh, Rangers and his his DNA, like they had to put him back and I think the fact that I'm not saying that's the reason like when get sacked in the end but I think I had a major contributor you know that there was no way back for him um, after doing that and it could only have been somebody like like Barry Ferguson um, over 400 appearances for for Rangers and obviously in his, his um, full career and I don't know I was actually going to ask you guys what you thought his best spell was I, I personally thought it was just, first spell um, when he came in but I think in the second spell we just had so much more influence so maybe he didn't see the you know what he's seen the first spell got bust and runs box to box I know he had a serious injury so I'd probably say he was you know better in his first spell maybe more effective but I think his overall contribution and being captain was the second spell for me I, I know we're going to be biased here because they're a Rangers podcast. Don't give a fuck. Barry Ferguson is the best midfielder to come out of Scotland over the last 20 years. There's no doubt about it. But, Graham Curry, I suppose that's that's a question for you. What, what would you say his best spell was his first or second? Yeah, second. I agree with Scott. Second spell. Came back um, with experience. And when you were saying there about Davis coming and recognising right away that he was a Premier League player when he joined us. He has those qualities where you can just slow a game down and go at his pace. Whereas before his first spell, he was rough and ready, just full of enthusiasm. 
Um, he still wanted to. He still wanted to take everything. He still wanted to do everything. But I think when he came back, he had so much respect, and he had respect in the dressing room that the whole team could just give it. Any MD could just give him the ball to Ferguson, and you knew that it was going to be safe. That's not to say that he was going to give up. It wasn't going to be a, a, a you know, passing sideways. I think he always did try to look forward, even in the second spell. But I think he just had a wee bit more class, um, it's a quality that you don't find often. But just having that time on the ball, you had the time in the ball, that extra couple of seconds to actually take a touch or just control it and still have nobody in a bit. He just managed to do that slightly turn, and he would have the whole park opened up to him. Um, so I think it's a close one to to, tell him, uh, to judge between the two of them. But in terms of him being as a an established football player, I would say the setting spell he came back, he was he was better. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So Scott, who have you got alongside Barry Ferguson? I actually thought this was the toughest one in the full team because I went for, for Kevin Thompson, which we've all agreed on, but I think Pedro Mendes deserved a very big shoot for this. Um, I think technically Pedro Mendes is a better player than Kevin Thompson, but I think Kevin Thompson gave us so much more and obviously over a bit of a longer, longer period of time. He was obviously struck with injuries throughout his, his spell there, which, which went against him, and I think that's summed up when he retired at the age of 32, which is you know, so young. Um, I just, I mean, if he wasn't injury three, he could have went down as one of, you know, one of the one of the greats. And you know, I'm not saying he would be, you know, in Hall of Fame or anything, but like really, you know, up there with the likes of uh, Barry, you know, Barry Ferguson at the end of the day. Like recent, you know, in terms of recent history, he would be up there. To think we got him for two million as well, it's brilliant. I think. If you had to sum up Thompson's real best days, it's old firms. He really upped his game for a lot of player that ups his game for the big occasions. You know, who can forget the tackles in Robbie Keane? <laughs> Welcome to the old firm. Brilliant. And they actually scored in the scored in an old firm. 
Yeah, I think we're watching that the last day. So. That's actually my favourite memory, Kevin Thompson. Yeah. He's going old fun because he's remembered as this kind of midfield hard man, the general, and he was so good at it. He was he had this ability to mark two players himself. He, he should cover so much ground. He read the game so well. But I think Walter Smith had a lot to play in that and how Kevin Thompson turned out. He wasn't necessarily always like that in Hibs. At Hibs, he was very forward-thinking and that goal, when he's just busting in the box, takes the pass, player and slots by. Sometimes I do kind of wonder, what if what if we had someone like Kevin Thompson already there? Could he have maybe been like a younger Barry Ferguson? Absolutely. And I think he, he had everything. He, you know, he could defend. You know, you, you hear about midfielders nowadays. They can only either defend or they can go forward and a number of 10 or they sit and protect the defence. He could do everything. He he could he would win the ball for you and he could go forward and he could score for you. So just a, a fantastic player. It's such a shame that he's played with injuries, basically. Graham Campbell, you've got him in your team as well. Scott mentioned unlucky he was played with an injury. It can't just be your, your luck that's such as life. If it wasn't for those injuries, would he have went to a higher level? I think it, when I talk about Kevin Thompson, it's uh, yeah, it's it's tough because it's a, it is a what could have been story. Um, he's came out obviously regrets his move to Middlesbrough. Says they ruined his career. Let him play seventeen matches with a broken leg. Um, if he hadn't gone there, um, for me he was a he was the Rangers captain. He would have been. Next Rangers captain, obviously, yeah, we all took that on amazing um, after Ferguson left, but um, he would have he would have longevity in the team, and I think genuinely, um, if I could pick anyone out of this team, obviously minus McGregor, um, who would go into our team today right now, um, I would I would put Thompson in there, that combative midfielder, um, the workhorse. It's yeah, as a what could have been, but again. Uh, what a player, what a player and I just really wish really wish he hadn't left to go to Middlesbrough Middlesbrough as well um, <laughs> no offence to Middlesbrough but it's that that frustrates me Why did he go? Money, like no Rangers needed the money <laughs> that was it um, it was just a sign of the club at the time uh, and it's not that, we, we didn't even get great money, I think it was maybe 2 million or something but I was the one thing singing up all the Scottish players. Yeah. But what could have been indeed? So that's we've all agreed in those three. So here's where it gets messy. <laughs> Graham Campbell, we'll stay with you. You can talk us through who you've got contending for for left wing first. Okay, so now Oh, I didn't. The four three three I would have found a lot easier. Now left wing, we could talk about the Marcus Beasley, potentially Kyle Lafferty, Charlie Adam. Um, I wasn't fancying any of them. Um, for me, yes, an emotional attachment. Um, but Smith did play him out wide. For me, it would have been Nacho Novo. Now he was more prolific, obviously under McLeish with his partnership Purcell, but during his reign uh, under Smith. He was he was so influential. Um, obviously, I don't even need to mention the the penalty against Fiorentina this season, the FA Cup final. Um, potential even even more a hero status if he doesn't blaze that 
that um, shot over the bar in the UEFA Cup final. But um, I just feel like any wide player, anyone that could have played that wing role and did um, under Smith, um, I wanted to put Novo in there because I love him. I think most every Rangers fan love him and he would definitely do a job out there for me. Scott, you've also went with a winger. Uh, why Why does Lee McCork get get ahead of the likes of Nacho Novo and Demarcus Beasley? I'm assuming this is the left wing Lee McCork and the, the centre back Lee McCork years later. I had You feel as though you like four players when you think about Lee McCork's Rangers yeah. career, isn't it? Just play. <laughs> you could play anywhere, but um, pr- probably Graham Curry won't. Uh, I like this one because. You know, he, he likes a big a big debate in the <laughs> the first uh, one with Peter Hustra, wasn't it? I know. Uh, Just on that, Graham, this is the second Dame eleven you've had. You've put in Peter Hustra at left wing for Waller's first spell, and you put Carlos Quell at fucking right back. <laughs> you really are going for the clickbait shock factor, aren't you? <laughs> Do you know who I really wanted in centre mid? Kyle Hutton. <laughs> <laughs> that's who I thought was a player, and that's genuine. Kyle Hutton would have been captain of the Rangers if he had been part of a strong side. The fact that Rangers get broke up and that team get broke up really killed his career. But he would have been a Rangers captain, I'm telling you. He was fucking a great player. I totally agree, agree with you. He would have been a Rangers captain had Rangers stayed in Division 3 forevermore. <laughs> well, that's what his career ended up taking him, actually. He actually stayed that. So maybe he did find his level, but I always thought he was going to be a captain. Yeah. So, Scott... So in terms of in terms of McCall, I think he actually played probably his, his best football and sort of centre mid and left mid for us when you look at his look at his Rangers career. I thought he was he was he was a great option in the wing. I thought in terms of I just remember every goal kick being aimed at him and there was very few that he didn't win in the air. Um liked that liked a goal as well. He would shoot from all angles. Um big goals as well. You think about uh, Leon away, you know, kicked off the, the goal scoring. Um so I, I see to be honest, I, I had to have him a team somewhere. So that's where I where I put him in there. I think he like like that full midfield that I bought there, he would give you, you know, hundred and ten percent every single game. It's a very hard working midfield we would have there. And um you know, obviously he stayed when we got liquidated and I, I view him as a as a I know club legend in the past, as you say, like twenty twenty years or so, you know. Um as I say, I, I had to have my team, so that's why I, I put him in there. As I say, not your he probably wouldn't be a he would never be a winger nowadays, but you know, it's um, back back in that spell he would always be uh, Walter Smith's team, I feel. It's hard to imagine a Walter Smith team without Lee McCulloch somewhere. It's just so hard. I know Graham mentioned about Novo, but to me, Novo, Novo was such an effective sub. It wasn't always as effective starting the game. It's just he knew, Novo knew how to come into a game at 60 minutes and hit a good running, but Lee McCulloch, it's just brought so much for Walter Smith, the aggression. The, and I think it's unfair to say that like he was a big guy, long balls. He was not bad at football as well. He would ping up, ping up with an odd goal here and there. He knew how to pass the ball. He could, you know, it was suited to how we played there. Absolutely. I really struggle to picture a Walter Smith team without 
without Lee McCulloch. But Graham, Curry, this is your chance to step up. Convince me that Pedro Mendes should be in ahead of Lee McCulloch. Um, European Cup winner. (laughs) (laughs) On the day that we record this podcast, um, he scored a screamer against Celtic. That was the one that um, came for the corner flag. Came came for the corner and he pinged it for thirty yards. Absolute bullet. Yeah, I'm having listened to. Graham Campbell and Scott's arguments there. I'm finding it hard myself to argue Mendes into the team now. When I was trying to do this, I was trying to pick a midfield four, and I basically picked four central midfielders. Somebody mentioned it earlier there, and I, I basically did pick four central midfielders. I couldn't, I couldn't really, and it was again, I'm probably trying to shoehorn players in when I shouldn't be. Um, but Mendes, I Mendes was a touch of class. He was. Um, uh, Portuguese had had something that we didn't have at the time. Just a wee bit of wee bit of flair, wee bit of gallusness. I think wee bit, wee bit, um, you know, wee bit of class above the rest. I think. Uh, but now that we're talking about it, I, I you probably do need a wide player in, in Mendes. Although I, I do seem to remember Mendes playing a couple of times out wide, maybe not too many times, but. Yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to put a solid argument in ahead of the other two now that I listen to them. I think, um, I think in terms of, like, Mendes was incredible. And do you know what? Smith starting the UEFA Cup final, technically, with four centre midfielders, I think you could argue till the cows come home to get Mendes in this team anyway. So, no, the guy's class, um, again, one of, one of the best players you'll see in terms of sheer ability. Um, I think I think it would have been remiss not to actually mention the guy um, for for both positions. I think I think in terms of the admin days, you would always find a place for him. And there's no way you can play him if you are wanting to get your best eleven out. You would make him work. You would you would move somebody to left mid play him in centre mid. You would play him at a position. You need him on the park. So I mean, I wouldn't be too too disappointed. Potentially move Kevin Thompson out into left mid. I know he played there a few times as well. Yeah, I think I get the argument for Mendes, but I don't know. I think I think it's really unfair on Lee McCord. I think people, when you mention Lee McCord, they automatically think hey, when we're picking the ball out, we can hedge. But he he done so much more for the Rangers. I just can't see past him being in that team. So I'm I'm having to stick with we just strongly. We leave a cock. Four out of four. Four out of four shot. Well done. So we skipped by a couple of guys, maybe. Worth not mentioning, maybe. Is there any any that you've left out that you are close to putting in? So another big one. Um, Edu. I quite liked Edu as a player. And um, him, Danny. I thought him, Danny, was a really good player for us, especially at that time. So I was considering put obviously. I settled on that four, um, but I, there was a few that I wanted to keep in that I, you know, had to have a good think about. For me, Demarcus Beasley is a big one. Obviously, he, he, was, he got injured at the critical point of that season as well. And we were crying out for attacking flair in the UEFA Cup final. Demarcus Beasley is there, then that, that's a completely different game. 
because uh, he started the season so well. Demarcus Beasley, renowned international winger, playing playing for PSV Eindhoven, top top level USA international superstar. I was so excited when we signed him, Scott, and I think I, I think it was just one of the ones that you've seen how much he brought, but it was just another what if. Aye, aye. I think I, I, I know obviously it was only a season, but uh, Weiss, Weiss, sorry. Oh, I fucking knew you were going to say him, man. Do you not like him, no? I, I thought, do not like him, but... I thought he was I thought he was brilliant. I think Stevie Naismith could um, could have been in there, you know. But if you... Again, he was one of the players that played in a lot of positions. Played wing, played up front. I'm sure he played centre mid a few times as well. Could have easily have had uh, him in there. And I also obviously mentioned... Novo and, and Mendes and my ones as well who I didn't put in. So uh, there was there's a lot of options and again great great probably not as good as uh, the first spell um, as we discussed with you uh, Graham Curry um, in terms of you know the options that we had there but some some great options when you look back on anyway. I think just going with the reaction of the two Grahams we need to touch on Stephen A. Smith and Graham Campbell. You looked as if you. You were just a bit vomit there when you mentioned Naismith. Um, I don't want to spend too much time talking about him. Um, he, he was the one player that came into my head that I refused to put in. Um, that's all I've got to say on him. <laughs> well, Sean Sweet, we'll stick with yourself then, Graham Campbell, and take us into the front two. I mean, we've talked a lot about spells on this uh, on this episode, and my my top two have five spells between them. Um, no, Yelovich hasn't made it into my first eleven. Uh, please don't bite my head off. But as a four four two, and we need a strong partnership up top. And Chris Boyd and Kenny Miller for me, um, they're, they're my top two now. Yeah, we can talk about ability all day and. Kuzan, Darshville, Yelovich, um, they all have better, more ability, of course, they do than Chris Boyd, yes, but at the end of the day, it's about goals. And uh, our greatest ever goal scorer, Alan McCoy, not the most gifted footballer in the world, but he goes in every team, every Rangers fans team, every day of the week. And for this, under Walter Smith's second spell, Chris Boyd's in my team. Um, Boyd de Miller between 08 and 10 struck up a tremendous partnership. And I think out all three spells for Miller, uh, this spell was his best. It, it was his most prolific. We talk about that 4 2 game with Mendez's goal. Um, the two goals Miller scored that day, the, the one where he caught in the, the volley and put it in the corner, I mean, that was tremendous. What a finish. Um, no, for me, for me, these two, over 300 appearances for the club between them. Um, Miller's his split opinion gone by, but I think now majority of Rangers fans would give me his due and say, yeah, great servant for the club. So, yeah, Boyd and Miller for me. I'm assuming there's going to be a bit of debate, but see what you boys think. So, for me, I cannot see past Nikita Yelovich. So, I get the argument for Chris Boyd. I get it. The, the top fight, uh, the SPFL's greatest ever goal scorer. But for me, Kenny Miller's in there straight away just because 
in a Wallsmith team, the work rate he brings, the absolute how much he complements every other player on that park, whether it be the midfielders, the winners, or the second striker. But alongside him, for me, it has to be Jelovic. He was the most complete striker we'd had. I'd probably even put him ahead of Purcell because Purcell was just dropping the wrong side, wrong side of his career. I reckon Jelovic was Purcell with the good knees. He had 30, 30 goals and 45 appearances over two years, and he was injured for a long, long spell of that. He was just he was in the in the style of dog, but I thought he could do everything. He was strong, he was quick, he could hold the ball, he could shoot, he could pass. Graham Curry, I'm a I'm a barking up the wrong tree here, or are you are you still sticking firmly with Mother and Boyd? Uh, for me, Mother and Boyd. We're looking for a four four two, you need a partnership. Um I think you're right about Miller's work rate. That did bring a lot to that team. That although he linked up a lot and he set up a lot of things, but his work rate did count for a lot. And I think he had to be as a because of his history. I think he had to prove himself to the fans over and over and over again. So I think his um, he had to be a hard, had to be a hard worker. It wasn't he just about goals for him? He had to be putting in an effort. But then Boyd and Jelovic. Um, I I think Graham Campbell's right. It's it's about putting the ball in the back of the net, and Boyd just done it. He's just done it constantly. He was just always in there, always in the right place. Um, aye, Yelovich, thirty goals. That, that doesn't come close to what Boyd done. So. What is it you're looking to get out of Jelovic that was different with Jelovic than you the boy, isn't it? Two goals in every three games. It's no that bad a return. Yeah. It's like Jelovic brings us so much more uh, in terms of the overall, overall play. I get, I get the argument, Scott, that we're looking at a partnership. Um, I'm, I'm barking up the wrong tree. We all see you. Was there any honourable mentions other than Yelovich for yourself? No, it was, it was it was tough in terms of the ability. You, you wouldn't question that Yelovich was the best striker out of them. That's that's why it's so hard to to leave him out. He was most technically gifted. Probably, I know boy boy's a poacher, but if uh, somebody was leading the line, you'd play Yelovich. Uh, Miller gave you the work rate. I just I put in Miller and Boyd again. Partnership they worked out. One ran the socks off. One stand in the eighteen yard box and put the ball in the net. Absolutely perfect. But I don't think Boyd would have scored as many goals without Miller. Um, he has a big, big part to play in that as well. So it was very tough. You know, they should have probably done a 4 3 3 and could have put all three in and got Mendes in there as well because they probably would have, would have made the team. But um, I, I just went for the, for the pure partnership. They absolutely made three killers. So, I think in terms of when we talked about honourable mentions and the kind of touched on them earlier on, like Kuzan and, and Darsville, um, Kuzan, kind of that, that, that era. That era is Morelos, I guess, the, the, the kind of stroppy loose cannon. If he doesn't get sent off against Fiorentina, do we 
do we win the UEFA Cup final? I don't know, because he would have certainly played. Um, Darsville, love him. I mean, God, he wasn't there long, but brilliant. Absolutely adored the guy. And again, these are two players, when we're talking about ability, all three of these guys go ahead of Boyd, but Boyd was clinical. He put him in his goal records, outrageous, wherever he went. Um, unbelievable. I like, I like said when I'm defeated. Okay, so we'll go uh, Boyd and Miller up front. But all I'm going to say, if we're away to Parkhead, I know who I want up front with Miller. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, you're you're going to go to bed in the mood tonight, aren't you? I, I am going to storm up the stairs <laughs> and I am going to throw a tantrum. So that gives us uh, the 11. Alan McGregor, Alan Hutton, David Weir, Carlos Queller, Sasa Papach. Steve Davis on the right, Barry Ferguson and Kevin Thompson in the middle of the park, Lee McCulloch on the left, Chris Boyd and Kenny Miller up front. Graham, you're the Graham Curry, sorry, you're the the wise old head of the group tonight. The two the two clear choices for captain would be David Weir or Barry Ferguson. Who would you be going for? I'll go with Barry Ferguson for the captain then. Yeah, he's going to be the, the one that pulls the whole team together. Um, should be in the centre mid, I think. Yeah, I'll go Barry Ferguson. Good leadership qualities. Boys, any debate with that? No, absolutely not. No, it's the, the standards that drove the team. It should be across every Rangers team. Um, so, absolutely no question. So, there we go. Barry Ferguson is our captain. So, that concludes... This this week's episode for the Doom Eleven, we've decided on Walter Smith's best eleven from the second spell. But uh, quite a few talking points in there, so if you disagree with it, let us know. We'll put this up and follow follow on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts on it and who you think should have been in there. All that's left to do is thank my my three buddies for joining me. First of all, Mr. Scott Hodge. Scott. Yep. The cam head at the back as ever, Graham Curry. Cheers, boys. Enjoyed that. Thank you. And a solid debut by Graham Campbell. Cheers. Loved it. Yeah. Thanks very much for listening. Take care.